Well, of course, it's not just Wales that's having elections at the moment. It's Scotland voters deciding on who will represent them in Holyrood. And across England, thousands of council seats will also be up for grabs. There's a parliamentary by-election as well. Plenty of metro mayors. Um, more on them in a moment. But first to Scotland. And Sir John Curtis, uh, Professor of Politics at the University of Strathclyde. Um, Sir John, um, always, a, always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Little doubt who will be in government in Scotland um, come next week. The key question, I guess, is, is there either an SNP majority or an independence majority? Well, those are two separate questions, and the answer to the first one is much more uncertain than the answer to the second. Um, it's pretty clear that not only will the SNP be the largest party, they are, after all, something like 25 points ahead of their nearest opponents on the constituency vote and about 15 points on the regional list. So it's kind of pretty inevitable that the SNP are going to be the largest party and they're going to form the next government. Um, but in truth also, uh, the Greens look as though they are probably heading for a record performance. And even if the SNP don't get an overall majority, the nine or ten seats that looks as though they might pick up looks as though that, that will certainly take uh, the pro-independence side of the argument over the line, and that will be the case even if Alex Salmond's Alba party, which of course is trying to persuade people to vote for it on the list, having voted for the SNP in the constituencies, but uh, most of the polls suggest it's only going to get around 3% of the vote, and therefore not very much in the way of seats. So I even assume that the polls are right in that respect. Pro-independence majority looks pretty inevitable, and that therefore, as a result, at some point in time or other, during the course of the next five years, uh, this, this Scottish Parliament will be seeking to try to hold another referendum, and there's likely to be a constitutional clash in the wake of that. However, as you supplied with the first part of your question, perhaps that's not the most important point. Certainly, um, some of us suspect that, and indeed, I mean, the UK um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has implied this in some of what he said. Indeed, it's implied in the campaign claims of the Scottish Conservatives, who are uh, both of whom have said that, you know, the, what we want to do in this election is to deny the SNP an overall majority. So that implies that they accept that if the SNP were to get an overall majority, that would not be uh, an outcome without potential significance. And of course, the reason why this might be the case is that back in 2011, the SNP did get an overall majority, much to everybody's surprise, uh, and that led the then uh, uh, Prime Minister, David Cameron, to accept that the SNP had secured the moral right, at least, to hold a referendum, and that then paved the way eventually to the independence ballot that was held in September 2014. Now, those on the nationalist side of the argument, I should say straight away, would deny that the, whether or not the SNP on their own gets an overall majority has any significance at all. But if one accepts that precedent tends to have a moral and political force in British political discourse uh, of a quite substantial degree, then you can see why the UK government would prefer not to find itself in a situation in which the SNP could say to it, well, for, it was good enough for David Cameron, so why is it good enough for you? Now, the crucial tr truth is we don't know whether the SNP will or will not get an overall majority. There are a couple of polls out this morning, which in contrast to one or two polls that came out during the course of last week, that are relatively optimistic for the SNP. One suggests that they might just get a majority of one, 
another perhaps might just get a majority of three. Um, but uh, in truth, uh, it, that, that just indicates to you how close to the edge it is. The outcome probably depends. There are, there are nine constituency seats that were run, won by either Conservative or Labour in 2016, but by narrow margins. If the SNP can pick a half a dozen of those up, that could take them to 65. And then maybe, maybe not. There are a couple of regions where the SNP will potentially be in contention for a list seat, the Highlands and the south of Scotland. Again, recent polling suggests maybe they will. Mm -hmm. Maybe they won't pick up a list seat. So the truth is, it's that old-fashioned uh, answer to your question, which is it's too close to call. But the honest answer is, it is too close to call. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're used to the Russian roulette, the roulette in, built into this electoral system in, in Wales. John, um, it strikes me, you know, the polling on independence is still very close. Um, and we have a precedent, uh, going back decades now in Quebec, where... Two referendums, rejection of independence in two referendums, killed the question. Are there people on the nationalist side of the argument who sort of uh, are quietly whispering to, to themselves, be careful what you wish for here? I'm not clear that there are many of those at the elite level who at least uh, I, I would be willing to acknowledge that perhaps even privately, let alone publicly. Um, but you're right. I mean, the, the, I'm going two polls this morning for what it's worth, 50% and 52% for independence. Other recent polls have put it a little bit below 50%. I mean, the truth is this country is just divided straight down the middle on the constitutional question and that therefore, frankly... Uh, holding a referendum is an enormous gamble for Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, and it would be an enormous gamble uh, for Boris Johnson. And to that extent, at least, neither side finds themselves uh, in a very uh, comfortable position. As far as the voters are concerned, well, I can say two things. The, those on the yes side of the argument, only around half of them say, well, yeah, we should definitely have a referendum uh, within the next two years, which is kind of the SNP's preferred position. But virtually all of them, virtually every yes voter is saying that we expect a referendum to happen within the course of this next parliamentary term. So I can certainly, I, I would certainly argue that probably it is in the interests of the yes side to play it perhaps rather longer than some in the nationalist movement are, are inclined to do so because the truth is they really really would like to be starting a referendum campaign clearly in the lead rather than uh, at 50-50 and that in truth they probably do have leeway from their electorate to do so but but crucially given the character of their electorate. And in these days, the vote for the SNP and the vote for independence are much more synonymous with each other than they have been. At the end of the day, those people who are voting for the SNP will expect the next Scottish government to pursue a referendum. So yes, it can try and play it long, but I don't think it can put it off at all. 